Welcome to the e-commerce badassery podcast, the place for scrappy female entrepreneurs who want to learn actionable steps and strategies to grow the traffic, sales, and profit in your e-commerce business. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster, a 20-year retail veteran who spent three years as the only employee of a seven-figure online store. That shit was crazy. I know exactly how it feels to do all the things and I'm sharing everything I learned the hard way so you don't have to. I may have started this business by accident, but supporting badass bosses like you lights me the fuck up and I am so stoked to see you grow. Are you ready, babe? Let's roll. Welcome back to the e-commerce badassery podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Totillo Coster. I'm super excited to be back with you this week. Truth be told, I didn't intend to post a replay last week, but time got away from me. Generally, I'm a bit more ahead on the podcast, but I had this episode I've been working on, it's still in progress, by the way, that was taking a lot of time to put together the research and the content, and so I had to abandon it for the moment because I'm also in the process of creating and delivering my brand new email badassery course to our first round of founding students. Unsurprisingly, the individual lessons and content have also been taking me longer than expected to put together because I'm being really intentional about how the content is presented. And sometimes what seems like a good direction in my head, when I start developing it, I realize it's likely to cause confusion and I think of a better way to present it. Ultimately, I'm just in content creation hell at the moment and everything is taking longer than expected. I keep telling my husband I'm 40 plus years old. Like, when am I going to grasp this concept that literally everything takes longer than you expect? I will say, though, I've always thrived under pressure. Even though I get stressed out in the process and I vow never to put myself in that position again, all these years later, it still happens. I was like that in college. It's probably why I was still able to be successful in my previous day job because I was under pressure all the time, often outside of my control. I had this conversation with Larissa Loden. I can't remember if it was during her episode on this podcast or when I was on her podcast, The World's Okayest Entrepreneur. I'll stick links to both of them in the show notes. But we had this conversation around sometimes instead of fighting against your natural proclivities to instead lean into, for lack of a better term, your superpower and figure out how to adjust the rest of your world around that. And for me, Just like pressure creates diamonds, pressure creates clarity. Lucky for us, we're entrepreneurs and we have that freedom. If we were stuck in a nine to five, we wouldn't necessarily get that kind of flexibility. But I digress. That's not what we're here to talk about today. But I did want to throw that out there because I talked to so many entrepreneurs who are in a similar situation, whether by design or circumstance. And while you shouldn't necessarily just give up and stop trying to improve your workflows or whatever it is you're struggling with, I do think we all just need to give ourselves a little bit of grace. The real reason we're here, though, is that as I've been going through this course creation process in real time, breaking down all the concepts and strategies that have lived in my head for all of these years and these things that I just do because I know them so well, they just make sense to me. Presenting that information in a way that is easy to digest and take action from for so many different people, different industries, different products, and different levels of business is challenging. And I've never studied adult education or anything like that. 
It's funny because I often forget that my photographer husband actually did study teaching and education. I could probably lean on him a little bit more there, but I'm usually just in my pressure cooker figuring it out. That said, I have been teaching the majority of my professional life. Between that and the feedback I've been getting, I know I'm doing a good job, but it reminds me that you as a product-based business owner are actually in a similar position. When you create any sort of content, whether it's social media, product descriptions, blog posts, emails, marketing material, you name it, doesn't matter what it is, you are in this position where you need to take the ideas, thoughts, and information that are second nature to you and distill it down in a way that your audience can understand, resonate with, and ultimately take action on. Sure, I'm selling information and content and ultimately want you to implement what I teach on this podcast and in my courses or if we work one-on-one together. But in many ways, so are you. You have this product and you need to convince, and I mean that in the most positive way, you need to convince people that the product you sell is the product and potentially the process that's going to give them the outcome that they're looking for. And if you want to do that successfully, you need to be able to structure that content and information in a way that they can grasp. The real roadblock here, though, is not every potential customer you have is going to think the same way, have the same questions, or come to conclusions in the same way as you or each other. And you need to account for all of that in your messaging. It's no different than if you're trying to have a constructive conversation or you're in a disagreement with someone. You need to seek to understand their point of view if you want to actually change their mind about something. Or in debate, constructive ones anyway, people who are really good at it will tell you you essentially need to be able to argue the opposition's point as well as your own if you want to win or change the mind of someone listening. Another layer to this for product-based businesses specifically is that you have to be able to potentially reach all of these different people in a very short amount of time. For me, taking this podcast as an example, when you first discover me, I'd love for you to convert into a customer as quickly as possible. Maybe you buy a course, you join the lounge membership, or you buy one of my digital products. But even if you don't do that right away, you're gonna hang out and listen to my podcast week after week. I'm going to present different ideas to you from different angles, and one day I'm gonna say something, it's gonna click for you, and then you'll be ready to buy from me. I have lounge members who attended two live launch events months apart before they joined the program, and they listened to every podcast I published before and between those events. I had a lot of touch points with that person before the purchase happened. And for businesses like mine, that makes sense because I'm constantly teaching and they're continually getting value from me. They're getting wins from what they're learning. And eventually they're going to say, damn, okay, I want to learn more from Jessica and get more access to her. Let me join her program. And while that can, in theory, happen in the product-based space too, you have a lot less time to make that happen. While this is going to depend heavily on your business, the product you sell, the quality of your traffic, etc., and I didn't find any true benchmark studies on this, so take this number with a grain of salt. This is truly just based on what I've seen across the businesses I work with. If you can't convert someone within 90 days of discovering you, and in some cases even faster than that, you might not ever convert them. To sum this all up, you need to be able to speak to all of your potential customers in a way that inspires them to take action pretty quickly. 
This is something we've talked about here and there on the podcast, but I wanted to give you a few tips and tricks for how you can better break down the content you want to share, how to communicate that information, and how to ensure that you're doing all of this in a timely manner so you don't miss that ever-important conversion window. Before you can figure out how to get somewhere, you need to know where you're going, right? So the first thing you need to understand is what the customer wants from your product. Essentially, what is the outcome they're looking for? And this is something you've probably heard me say a million times in passing and in different contexts, but I want you to really pause and think about it. What is the outcome they want from your product? When you come up with your answer, I want you to ask yourself, why do they want that? And then just be like a child and keep asking why over and over until you get to the real answer. For example, if you sell skincare products for acne and you ask yourself, what is the outcome the customer wants from this product? Your immediate answer is probably going to be to clear their acne. Why do they want to clear their acne? And then your answer might be, so they feel pretty. Why do they want to feel pretty? So they can feel more confident. Why do they want to feel more confident? So they can stop hiding in their room at home. Why do they want to stop hiding in their room at home? I'm a homebody. I love being home. So they can pursue the career they want, the relationship they want, etc. You get the idea, right? When you understand what it is they truly want, you can use that language in your marketing to better connect with them. Another way you can put this into practice is when you're writing about the features of your product. Doesn't matter where you're writing this. For every feature, I want you to write the words so that and then finish the sentence. This is a trick I use a lot for myself and you may have even heard me talk like that on the podcast. I will say do X so that you can do X. The other thing to keep in mind is that people learn and understand information in different ways. I am super visual in pretty much everything that I do. When I'm building out an email automation strategy for a client, my initial pass at creating that automation outline is with a digital whiteboard so I can lay out all the different flows, the delays, the conditional splits, the emails, all of it in a visual way, just like you would in a typical email marketing platform. You have all the nodes that you can drag and drop and create different paths. I do the same thing before I even get to building them out in that platform. When it comes to actually executing the work, though, I generally just want a list so I can work my way through and check shit off as I go. Some people don't even need the visual step. They can go right to the list view and they're good. So when I was creating the course, I was sure to create tools for the students to use in both formats. You can do the same thing when you're creating your content. On your product pages, for example, you want to use a mix of paragraph and bullet points. If you have a product that has specific features like a sports bra with detachable straps and a hidden pocket, sure, you can list all of that out in the description and you should, but you can also create an image with arrows that point to those features and calls them out. Maybe you create similar content in video form. It could just be a video of the product with a voiceover or a person with the product on showing the different features. All of the content is saying the exact same thing. You're just presenting it in different ways so that different types of people can consume it in the way that makes the most sense for them. In Content Badassery, that's a newer digital product I released with content ideas and subject lines. I'll stick a link in the show notes if you want to check it out. But one of the masterclasses in there is how to take one piece of long form content like a blog post and how to repurpose that into, I think it's 41 different pieces of content. 
One of the biggest tricks to doing that successfully is not only how you break up the concepts and idea themselves, but how you visually present them. And that's essentially what we're talking about here. The last thing I want to touch on today is that you need to ramp up the touch points you have with your customers. While the exact number of touch points is going to vary across industries, businesses, and products, we know that seeing one ad, receiving one email, or engaging with one social post does not equal a sale. One of the ways you can do this is with omni-channel marketing. We discuss this much more deeply in episode 193 of the podcast, but the general idea is that you're focusing on one main message across all of your marketing channels at the same time. This lets you hit your customers from all angles like a pinball machine and ultimately gets you to the average 7 to 10 touch points a lot faster than if all you were doing was posting on social media three days a week. The other way you can do this is by capitalizing on the periods when customers or potential customers are most engaged with your brand. This is a concept that I know I've talked about here or there, but while I was putting together the content for email badassery to walk through how to build the outline of your automation suite, I found myself saying, don't worry about sending so many emails because customers are more engaged with your brand at that point. Knowing I had to say that, like I felt compelled to say it because so many entrepreneurs are afraid of being too salesy or too annoying was the reminder that I just had to talk about this concept more. At a high level, consumers are most engaged with your brand when they first sign up for your email list and when they make a purchase from you. You can probably also say they're most engaged during certain times of the year, like Q4 or at my previous day job, it was Valentine's Day. The point is that this is your opportunity to capitalize on the excitement and affinity for your brand that they have in that moment. It is not a time to be shy or coy. Kind of like when you first start dating someone new. Everything is exciting. There's a bit of mystery and novelty to this new person. You're getting dopamine hit after dopamine hit. And almost nothing can bring you down except for finding out they hate your favorite musical artist or don't enjoy any of your favorite things, right? And if you consider that you don't necessarily have much time to convert them, as we discussed earlier, It's in your best interest to just go all out in your marketing and communication at this point. Maybe you implement a post-purchase cross-sell or a bestseller welcome flow that pushes one particular product. What that is exactly will depend on your business, but I want you to be as intentional as you can at this stage to show up and connect with your customers or potential customers and ramp up those touch points as quickly as possible. All right, so what are your next steps? First, if you've never listened to episode 193, How to Create an Omnichannel Marketing Campaign, definitely start there. Then go audit your marketing. How many touch points are you having with customers in a given week? Look at the welcome and post-purchase journey in your email marketing. Are you capitalizing on the excitement of your subscribers and customers at this stage? And then you can start diving into your content and copy based on the principles we talked about here today. While email badassery is still a work in progress at the moment, I did just set up a wait list. I'll put a link in the show notes along with all of the other episodes mentioned here today. Hopefully you found this helpful today and it just sort of opened your mind a little bit about how you can more intentionally connect with your customers unapologetically. And that's a wrap on this week's episode. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. I hope you're having a kick-ass week and I'll see you on the flip side, friend. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're ready to get the support you deserve and step into your badassery as the CEO of your e-commerce business, then I'd love to support you. Start with the free resource library at ecommercebadassery.com forward slash free stuff and get an invite to the lounge, my e-commerce marketing membership. If you're ready for more high touch support, apply to work with me one-on-one at ecommercebadassery.com forward slash apply. Before you go, would you do me a quick favor? Leave a rating and review wherever you're listening to this podcast so other e-commerce business owners know this is the place to be. And tap that follow button. Following the show means you'll never miss an episode and it's what pushes me up the charts to get in front of more scrappy entrepreneurs just like you. I'm on a mission to support as many small business owners as possible and I could really use your help. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, e-commerce friend, stay badass.